0: Praise the Lord, that we can stand alone in his power for our salvation and our lives even now. Colossians chapter 3 verse 16 declares as Paul penned essential words to the believers of the church of Colossae. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. That word dwell is a rich word. It has the idea of to tabernacle with, to abide with, to live in. I would imagine everyone here today has a house or an apartment, somewhere that you rent or you pay a mortgage on, or maybe you own. That at some point, you signed a lease agreement. You signed a rental agreement. You signed a mortgage note. And you didn't do that to pay rent or to pay the mortgage month by month and then live somewhere else. Why did you do that? So you had a place to live with yourself or your family. So you had somewhere that you could call... Home, Paul writes, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The word of Christ should be at home in your heart and in your life. Should be living in you. It's a part of you. That is so important. To our life. The word of Christ represents a vital resource for the believer. It possesses the power to save and transform. And we see it recorded even in Luke's account of the gospel, chapter 24. Whether you were here with us or not, we looked at this passage in our sunrise service. Let's look there again, Luke 24, verses 6 through 8. The angels declare, he is not here, but is risen. Then they give this command. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And then look at verse 8. Read it with me out loud, would you? And they remembered his words. The record presents a command to remember Jesus' words. A commentary of what the words were they should remember. And then the commentary that they remembered his words. It is human nature, as we said earlier, to be forgetful, isn't it? To just forget things. Today on Easter Sunday, we are called upon to remember. And it seems so simple, doesn't it? It's a simple statement, and they remembered his words. But I want you to note this Easter Sunday that this marks a transition, not only in Luke 24, but in the entire biblical narrative. You say, Pastor, that's quite a statement the entire biblical narrative transitions on and they remembered his words? Yes, it does. Think about it. How did the day start? Could you think about what they thought as they came to the tomb that morning? What was their attitude, their spirit? What were they thinking about? The Bible records for us in the beginning of Luke 24 that they were wondering things like, how are we going to move the stone away from the door of the tomb? How, how are we going to get into the tomb to prepare his body? They had already prepared spices to prepare Jesus' body further to be in the tomb. They thought, he's dead. He's gone. That's the end. What about Jesus' other disciples, the other 11? Not counting Judas, of course. But Peter and James and John and Thomas and Thaddeus and Matthew and the others. What are they doing on Easter Sunday? What are they thinking about on Resurrection Sunday? None of them are even with the women accompanying them to the tomb. Why not? They're afraid. They're hiding in a room, grieving and fearing for their own safety and lives. They had given up everything to follow this one they believed was their Messiah, and now he's dead, buried, and gone. But at some point, it changed at some point all of that changed when did that change happen was it when they saw the stone rolled away from the tomb no was it when they walked in and they saw an empty tomb did it suddenly ring back oh yeah jesus said this would happen no was it when the angels said he's not here he's risen did it happen then no when did it happen In Luke 24, verse 8. And they remembered his words. Why? What did he say? At least six verses in the New Testament declare that Jesus told them, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to be betrayed by one of you. I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to be tried. I'm going to be crucified, nailed to a cross. And three days later, I'm going to rise again. He'd been telling them this. But they didn't get it. They missed it. In reality, they shouldn't have even been going to the sepulcher that morning unless they were going to see, oh yeah, it is empty. Awesome! But that's not what happened. Not until they remembered his word. A simple reading of the text proves that it was not what they saw with their own eyes, but what they remembered that changed everything. And I wonder, do you need that this Easter Sunday? You've come this Easter, you're looking your best, maybe you're wearing something new, but it may not be a reflection of what your life is at this moment. Your life may be struggling out of control, experiencing brokenness or frustration, struggling with grief or anxiety. What do you need today? you need to remember his words. I want to show you from this text three changes that took place when they remembered his words. For those who weren't here in our sunrise service, we saw the truth of this from Luke 22 when Peter denied the Lord and then he remembered Jesus' words. And that reality connected with the resurrection declared, God's not done. Well, here's an even simpler truth for us to get a hold of this morning. The resurrection of Jesus declares this today God's not dead, He's alive. And if he's alive today, that changes everything. We don't celebrate a dead leader. We celebrate a crucified, risen Lord of lords and king of kings. And that truth changes everything. So I want you to see these three changes that happened when they remembered Jesus's words. Number one is this. Remembering the words of Jesus changed confusion into clarity. Changed confusion into clarity. Look back at verse 4. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout. Can you imagine these devout women followers of Jesus... The Bible records later in Luke 24, some of them that were there. There was Mary Magdalene. There was Joanna. Uh, there was Mary, the mother of James. And there were some others of those devout followers of Jesus who were women there that day. Can you imagine? They've already prepared the spices. They're making their way to the tomb. What that morning would have been, look, been like. Very early in the morning, they're walking together. Are they talking? Are they traveling in mournful silence? Whatever the case is, as they are coming, before they're inside of the tomb, there is a conversation taking place among them. Who's going to roll the stone away from the door? We know that there are guards there at the tomb, but they're not going to do it who's going to who's going to be the one or or the group to help us to move that stone away from the door how are we even going to get into the tomb to to see the body to anoint the body to prepare the body and so they must have been shocked as they came within sight of the tomb to see hey look the stone's not there it's rolled away i can see the entrance to the tomb Praise God, somebody's done it for us. And yet they're not expecting to find an empty tomb. They're still expecting to find the body there. It doesn't click that, oh yeah, wait, he told us he'd rise again. He told us he'd walk out of the tomb. It's not clicking, so they get there. They enter the tomb. Can you imagine this? Walking through that entryway into the tomb in that darkness and going in, one of them, the whole group of them, probably the whole group, I wouldn't want to go in there by myself. Probably the whole group goes in and the body's not here. What's going on here? And what does the Bible say their response was? Well, Mary Magdalene says he told us he'd rise again. Praise God, he's alive! Is that their response? They walk out of the tomb and they are perplexed. The word means to be thoroughly nonplussed. I had to look up what nonplussed means. It means surprised or confused to the point of uncertainty about how to react. The stone's rolled away. The tomb is empty. What do we do? Where do we go? What's going on here? What does this mean? Can you imagine those questions? Why is the stone rolled away from the door? Where's his body? Who who took his body? What's going on here? Can you imagine all of the questions they had without answers? So they thought. Does that sound familiar? Have you ever been in situations or gone through experiences that left you nonplussed? In your life, you went through something, you experienced something, you lived through a situation, and as you're in that place, you're in shock. It surprises you, and you don't even know how to respond. You're so overwhelmed and overcome in that moment, in that experience, in that situation. You don't know if you should laugh or cry. You don't know if you should give praise or, or go to prayer. You don't know if you should give thanks or ask for help. It, you're just you're so shocked you don't know what to do. You're stuck. You don't know if you should go to the right or the left. You you see what's going on. You know the hurt that you're feeling. You know the pain you've endured, but you don't know where God is or what he's doing. You're nonplussed. The situation and experience have left you shocked, confused, and uncertain about what is happening, let alone what you should do. You may need the same thing that these committed women followers needed on Resurrection Day. What did they need to do? Remember His words. They needed to remember what he told them. What he taught them. What does this mean? The stones rolled away. Where's the body? Where are the guards? What's going on here? He told you. He was going to die. He was going to be buried. But the third day, he would rise again. And we look at it and we say, it's so simple. And yet, how many times in our lives, Do we come into situations like them? We're confused. We forget what he has said. We question where he is or what he's doing. But everything changed when they remembered his words. They knew then that Jesus was alive. The stone was rolled away. The empty showed them what they should have already known he's not dead anymore he's alive and friend today the resurrection of jesus christ declares to us god's not dead he's alive and if god's not dead then listen to me he's not detached He is involved in what's going on in your life. He is interested in what's going on in your life. He is working out his purpose and plan. And so if we could remember his words, rather than confusion, we can experience clarity. You say, Pastor, are you saying I'll understand everything that's going on in my life? No, that's not what I'm saying but when you're going through those experiences that leave you shocked and surprised. You don't have to go on wondering, what is God doing? You can know God is doing what is best for my good and his glory. You don't have to be shocked and surprised and discouraged wondering where is God? You can know. I may not see him as I look to the right or the left, up or down or wherever, all around, but he is here. He's with me. When they remembered the words of Jesus, it changed their confusion into clarity. Number two, would you notice this? Remembering the words of Jesus changed consternation into cheer. Look back at verse number five. So they come out of the tomb, and now they see what Luke calls in verses four and five, two men in shining garments. I mean, that'd be enough to confuse anybody, right? Here's these two men, but you can tell they're not normal men. Their their garments, their clothing seems to be shining. You understand, it wasn't the clothes themselves that were shining. It was the angelic being that was shining a, a small reflection of the glory of God. And the Bible says in verse number five, when they come out and see this sight, what? And as they were, what's that next word? Afraid. I want you to think about this this morning. And they got to the tomb and saw things. They were confused. But now is it starting to settle in apart from remembering Jesus' words that he's crucified and risen? Their shock melts into fear. The word afraid that's used here in the text means in fear, alarmed. They come out, they see these guys in shining garments, and they fall to their knees and get on their faces. Not in worship, not in respect, they're afraid. The word is is a compound word, a preposition Connected with the Greek word phobos. We get our word phobia from it. It means that they felt fear within themselves. They were alarmed in their minds and in their hearts. They were, if I can say it simply this way, they were scared at what they had seen. That shock of these things that they didn't have answers to. As they thought upon it, more melted into fear. And realistically, all of Jesus' followers were fearful at that time, weren't they? The events they witnessed over the days prior were way outside of their expectations. And isn't it true that it's often when things occur outside of our expectations that we experience fear? That's usually when it happens, isn't it? You go through situations and experiences of life that you didn't expect. And and first, it is confusion, it's shock and surprise. And then as you think upon it in a natural state of mind, apart from remembering his words, that shock and surprise, that confusion becomes fear, consternation, alarm at what is taking place. They were certainly asking questions about, well, the Jewish leaders killed their master. What would happen now? What would happen to us? I gave up everything to follow Jesus. Now he's gone. And so his followers are all afraid. You've been there, haven't you? In situations or experiences of life that did not go according to your expectation. And you've ended up afraid. You thought your health was going to stay good and then it fails. You lose your job rather than get a raise you were expecting. Your relationship doesn't pan out the way you hoped and dreamed it would. What then? When life throws you that curveball. What then? Life does that to all of us, doesn't it? You, many of you know our, our church family, as we began this current pregnancy, we went to that first ultrasound, not expecting to hear that there were two babies appearing on the screen, followed by, one is fine, one is not. When life throws you those kind of curveballs and things happen that you don't expect, it happened to us. We sat in that room in, in silence, shock, surprise, followed by the questions what now? What's going to happen now? It wasn't the first time a group of Jesus' followers was afraid. Mark 6 records a a beautiful story of Jesus' disciples rowing across the Sea of Galilee when a significant storm blew up, and they feared. They wondered if they were going to live through it. Then Jesus came walking on the water, and they didn't realize it was him. And what happened? They became even more afraid. They feared even more. But then Jesus spoke to them and said this, Mark 6, verse number 50, For they all saw him and were troubled. They were afraid. They were fearful. And immediately he talked with them and saith unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. Be of good cheer translates one word in the original a word that means to take courage throughout the New Testament it is translated to cheer like in Mark 6:50 it's also translated in some texts with the word comfort Jesus told them take cheer take courage be in comfort And then he he emphasized it even further at the end of the verse by saying this, Be not afraid. Friends, through the ups and downs of life, the storms of life, the unmet expectations of life, the broken dreams of life, how can we do this? How can we take cheer? Be courageous and comforted and not afraid how can we experience cheer courage and comfort rather than fear frustration and grief and discouragement the key to be of good cheer and be not afraid is what is sandwiched right in the middle what is it it is i my friend right in the middle of your fear right in the middle of your pain, right in the middle of your discouragement and frustration, right in the middle of your grief, remember the words of Jesus. Lift up your eyes to the hills from whence comes your help, because your help comes from the Lord. And so, in the middle of all of that, declare in the middle of your problem, in the middle of your pain, in the middle of the pressure, my help comes from the Lord. You see, if the Lord is not there, if he's not in the tomb, he's risen then God is not dead. And that means he's not detached. He's not diminished. He's not disconnected. He is here. And that changes everything. When you go into that situation and problem, you might be met with confusion. And that might become consternation when you don't remember his words, when you haven't taken the time to meditate on and think through the promises and the truths of God. But when you remember his words, you know my God is here, and my God is my help. My God is my healer. My God is my hope. And you can experience cheer in the midst of your pain. You don't have a dead savior, a dead leader. You have a living, active, involved, and present savior. He's with you in the pain. He's with you in the discouragement. He's with you through the broken dreams and expectations. So remember his words. Do you remember what happened next in the resurrection story? You have to put all four gospel accounts together to get the picture of step by step. What happened next Is that the women were told to go back To the disciples and tell them that Jesus isn't here and he's going to meet you All of them Went except one Right? Mary Magdalene Mary Magdalene Remained in the garden Excuse me there at where the tomb Was Looking for Jesus Right? Except she wasn't looking for a living Jesus Was she? She was still looking for a dead Jesus. A person showed up that she took to be the gardener in her her grief, and, and she said, where is my Lord? Tell me where they've taken his body. She's still looking for a dead Jesus. And then Jesus did what? Did he do a miracle? Did he perform a work? No, he spoke one word, Mary. And she fell at his feet and worshipped and said, My Lord, my Jesus, my Savior. And then the other women are on the way back to tell the disciples, Guess what? They're still dealing a little bit with confusion and consternation. So Jesus suddenly appears to all of them. And what happens? He speaks to them. And they fall at his feet and worship him. And they go on, not in fear, not in confusion. They go on worshiping to go back and tell the others what had taken place. You see, it all changed when? When they remembered his word. When they realized he's here. And maybe today you're, you're doing this. Maybe today you're saying, well, if only I had that experience. If only Jesus showed up and I saw him. If only I knew he is here. Can I tell you, friend, you have something far better You've already got it right here in his word. Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And what? Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. If Jesus says amen, friend, that settles it. It's true. And you can hold on to it and believe it. Hebrews 13. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Why? So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, in the middle of your pain, in the middle of the problem, in the middle of the pressures, friends, listen to me, you can remember he is with me, so that in that pain, in the problem, in the pressure, you don't say, well, I just need to give up, I just need to throw in the towel, I can't go on anymore. No, so that you can boldly declare, God is here, and he's my help lift up your eyes unto the hills from whence comes your help your help comes from the Lord what do you need to do remember his word listen friend the resurrection of Jesus confirms all his promises if he rose from the dead if he got up and walked out of that grave everything he ever promised is true When you begin to grow weary, frustrated, discouraged, and disillusioned by all the problems and pressures of life, remember his words. Take courage and be comforted, because he's with you. Remembering Jesus' words changed confusion into clarity. It changed consternation into cheer. And then number three, and finally notice this. Remembering the words of Jesus changed cynicism into confidence. Ladies, how would you like it if you went home and you shared something with your husband or with a loved one and they just looked at you and said something along these lines Stop being so silly. It's not true. I don't know about you, I'd take that a little personally. What did the disciples of Jesus do when the women showed up and said, Guys, you're not going to believe it! We showed up, the stone was rolled away, the tomb was empty, there were these two men who were angels there, declaring to us that Jesus wasn't there. He, He wasn't dead, what are you doing here looking for a dead body? He's alive, like he told you! And we remembered what he said. You remember, guys, that Jesus said he would die and then rise again? And the 11 are going, praise God, amen. No. Guys, stop telling stories. Ladies, come on. You believe that? Say, pastor, really? Look at verse 11. Luke 24, verse 11. And their words seemed to them. Who's them? The religious leaders of Israel? No. The, the guards who were at the temple? No. Who is it? It's Peter and James and John and Thomas and Thaddeus and Matthew and the others. You're telling stories. You're being silly. Stop it. You just, you just saw something. You ate the wrong thing last night just be quiet it's not true but then something happens look at verse 12 then arose peter i don't know how long passed but something got a hold of peter peter went from being with them saying you guys are nuts just be quiet to getting up going to the tomb He ran unto the sepulcher, and stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid, I love this, by themselves. The grave clothes are there, but Jesus' body isn't. And departed, wondering in himself at that which had come to pass. You see, those pesky disciples took a little more convincing. The eleven thought the women returning from the tomb had lost it they're skeptical they're cynical and then Luke goes on to tell us about two more who were traveling home to Emmaus and Jesus showed up and guess what they don't even recognize him they're so overwhelmed with what confusion and fear and grief they can't even recognize Jesus and Jesus speaks with them hey guys what are you so upset about are you crazy? Haven't you been around? Don't you know what's been going on in Jerusalem? How this, this Jesus that we thought was the Messiah, our leaders took and they crucified and now he's dead? And the Bible says Jesus, while they still don't recognize him, rebuked them and began at Moses. And what did Jesus do? He showed them from the word that these things should happen to him. They get to Emmaus. He sits down to bread with them. He breaks the bread and they recognize him. And he disappears. And they're like, whoa. Why do we have heartburn? As he spoke to us. Let's get back to Jerusalem and tell the others. And so they come back. And they tell the others. And guess what you find by that point in Luke chapter 24? They believe. Why? The women had seen him. Peter, who got up and went to the tomb to figure out what was going on, Jesus appeared to him personally. And then as they're there all together, Jesus appears to all of them. And amazingly, the Bible says, while they still did not believe for joy, they're so overwhelmed with amazement, they still don't come to that point of just, it's true, he's alive. Thomas continued to doubt, didn't he? Until he saw Jesus and spoke with Jesus. But I want you to pay attention to this thought. Thomas represents all who struggle with belief or doubt. He declared he would only believe once he saw Jesus for himself. When Jesus showed up and confronted him directly, Thomas believed. But then Jesus proclaimed a blessing on those who would not see, yet believe. So the question I have then is this. How could someone not see Jesus and yet believe him? John seventeen twenty. Jesus prayed these words neither pray i for these alone my followers here but for them also which shall what believe on me through their what word we believe through the word the word of the followers who witnessed his life, death, and resurrection. The word he, through the Holy Spirit, put in their mouths and hearts. You see, it wasn't Peter's word. It wasn't John's word. It wasn't James's word. It wasn't Matthew's word. It was the word of God that he put in their mouths through the Holy Spirit. It was the word of God that they penned for us as the eternal word of God because it wasn't their word. It was his his word that they wrote as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. How do we believe though we've not seen? Because we have the perfect word of God. You remember Jesus himself declared from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21, it's his word and it's all about him. The entire Bible tells the narrative of a fallen, broken humanity who needs a savior, and that God, who loves the humans he made, provided that savior through the sacrifice of his one and only son. Jesus came, he lived, he died, but more than that, he rose again to save us. Today, God's not dead. He's alive. Stop going to a tomb to find a body. The tomb is empty. Don't go back to the tomb wondering, confused, hurting, fearful, cynical. Remember his word and believe. There may be someone here today or watching by way of the internet, you've never believed The only challenge I can give to you today is to listen to and believe his word. He died for you, but he's not lying in a tomb somewhere. He rose and he's alive today. And the only way you can be saved and know new life is through faith in Christ. The reality is that all of us are staring at a tomb it's out there in front of us. For for some it might be days, for some months, for some years. That tomb that we're staring out in front of us is our own. Because it's appointed unto man once to die. All men everywhere agree with the reality that we are all going to die. We don't know when, we don't know where, we don't know how, but we're all going to die. Jesus came to provide a solution new life through faith in his name and it's the only way that you can be saved maybe you're a believer and you've struggled with doubt maybe you're here on easter morning filled with doubts and fears because of experiences and situations of life remember and believe his word this easter sunday the resurrection of jesus christ declares to us God's not dead. And because he got up and walked out of that tomb, every promise that he ever made is true. Believe him. Determined to remember his word. It brings clarity to our confusion, cheer to our consternation, and confidence to our cynicism. And so let's follow the exhortation of Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning as the musicians make their way to the stage and prepare for this time of invitation i wonder today on easter sunday how many of us need that message remember his words maybe because of some situations and experiences of life that you've gone through or that you're going through now you've struggled with some confusion you you you've been shocked and surprised maybe you're still there you wonder what's going on what you're supposed to do now and it feels like god's disconnected Perhaps you're in that place of consternation. You're fearful, wondering what's going to come next. What this is going to mean for your life, for your family. Maybe you've even become a little cynical. What do you need today? Remember his word. I'm going to ask the musicians to begin the music. Would you stand to your feet with your heads bowed and eyes closed? As they sing, just as I am. If God is speaking to your heart, come to this altar. Bow there in your seat. You respond to the Lord as he leads. I come broken to be mended, I come wounded to be healed, I come desperate to be rescued, I come empty to be filled, I come guilty to be pardoned by the blood of Christ the Lamb, and I'm welcome. With open arms praise God Just as I Just before they continue with another verse I wonder if there's someone here or watching Who doesn't know Jesus Christ as Savior Friend, you're a sinner As we all are Condemned in your sin before a holy and just God The very reason Jesus came to this earth was to die for you in your place. He went to that cross. He suffered those things and rose again so that you could be saved. So if you're here in this auditorium, if you're watching or listening online during this next verse, I invite you come, bow there where you are and believe on Christ.